2: Good evening, Riffers. This is Rest and Rules, the 5e DD podcast where we go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules to haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake.
3: And I'm Remy, a player on Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about Skills. Another entry in our series on how the fuck have we not talked about this yet? Nathan, what
2: is a skill? Something I don't have. Accurate.
3: I'm sad. Skills in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons are one of 18... things that are meant to cover most of the things that a person is generally going to attempt to do. So, like I said, there are 18 of them in 5th edition, and to just go down that list quickly in alphabetical order, acrobatics, animal handling, arcane athletics, deception, history, insight, intimidation, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, performance, persuasion, religion, light of hand, stealth, and survival. So... Why do skills matter in D&D? Well, it's pretty obvious.
2: Um, you, you roll, and uh, that uses skills, you know? You, you gotta roll it properly. So it takes skill to roll the
3: dice. <sighs> One of these days I'm just gonna stop asking you questions. <laughs> And every day that day gets closer and closer to now. Thankfully for you at least, today is not that day. But I feel like it's coming soon. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> a skill.
2: A skill. It's um one like um is a thing. Wait, is mm-hmm. is a skill like strength? Or is it like acro acrobatics and athletics?
3: No. Strength is an ability, ability score. score right. Acrobatics is the skill related to it,
2: yeah. Like one thing in quite interesting is that you have all these sort of things that are tied to your ability scores, and these all have different uh, modifiers attached to it based on your proficiencies, uh, expertise, and whatnot. Um, but this is a bit of a tangent early on. But one cool thing I've seen, like uh, in adventures, I think, is that occasionally the ability score tied to um, a check might be different from the default
3: no no no. you're going way too ahead of things way too, Stop okay it. we will talk about that later okay but yes that is a thing so generally speaking each individual skill is tied to a specific ability modifier so again sticking with that first example athletics is a thing that is tied usually to strength and every skill is tied to a specific ability score but like nathan did mention ahead of schedule that yes there are some variations involved in that but generally speaking like so if you use D beyond for example example fantasy grounds a lot of just the online DD ways to just play or just have your character sheet organized it usually associates it automatically to one of these specific things so going down that list on how they're sorted out athletics is associated with strength acrobatics sleight of hand, and stealth with dexterity, arcana, history, investigation, nature, and religion to your character's intelligence, animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, and survival to wisdom, and finally, deception, intimidation, performance, and persuasion to charisma. Now, do you notice anything about what I just said missing? Uh, No, not at all. There is no skill tied to constitution. Because health? Well, I mean, not because health. I mean, back in fourth edition, there was an endurance skill that was tied to Constitution, but that was removed for fifth edition. And I just find it interesting that they did make the choice oh. in game design to not have any skill Wait, tied to Constitution. I just anymore.
2: It means that mm-hmm. essentially, no matter what check you make, it's always going to be tied with your base ability score, which means that the range out, like you can't get proficiency, you can't get expertise in your endurance. Your endurance is, oh, like, I mean, the idea of endurance is always
3: tied to your base constitution stat well the thing is that is because they changed it in fifth edition right. to make such things tied to a constitution saving throw with which certain classes can be proficient so it's not a check it is a saving, saving. throw for such things i'm confused which cool. we also i don't think have done an episode on fuck fuck <laughs> another one for the list anyway so with all that being said uh we need to talk a bit more about what all of these things actually mean and also just when it is to be used so i'm just gonna again go back straight down the list starting with strength so uh, also, one thing to mention, a lot of description district yeah, descriptions in game throughout various books will have uh, mentioned that like this impacts your wisdom, parentheses, perception check. Like, I'm just going to not read it that way because I don't like reading it that way. So I'm just going to say athletics check, perception check, etc. And I already went through what the base ability score for each one is. So I'm not going to do that. So an athletics check covers difficult situations you encounter while climbing, jumping and swimming. Examples include the following. You attempt to climb a sheer or slippery cliff, avoid hazards while scaling a wall, or cling to a surface while something's trying to knock you off. You try to jump an unusually long distance, or pull off a stunt mid-jump. You struggle to swim or stay afloat in treacherous currents, storm-tossed waves, or areas of thick seaweed. Or another creature tries to push or pull you underwater, or otherwise interfere with your swimming. So... I'm going to use this opportunity, having read those examples, to tangent in a kind of related, important way. Is there anything that you noticed, Nathan, when I was reading that, that caught your attention? Uh, what? Check covers difficult situations you encounter. Blah, 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 blah. So, difficult? Yes. So... There are a lot of times where DMs request roles when they don't need to do that. The whole point of asking a character for a role is when there is a chance of failure. Yeah. So if it's something that is within their character's abilities, you shouldn't be asking for a role. I I would like to- Wait, wait, wait. One thing that's included here, I I just want to specify one detail, then I'll let you go. They mention here, you try to jump an unusually long distance, and that's important. Because your character can jump some amount, and I think we have already talked about that one in the past, but if you're trying to go beyond, that's when you can ask for an athletics check. When you're trying to do something out of the ordinary, exceptional, hard, or if something is trying to stop you from doing the thing, that's when you ask for the role. So another thing uh, to add
2: on to that, if you are a player... Please ask the DM if you need to roll.
3: <laughs> Don't just
2: roll because what that does for most DMs is, do, if if it's a particularly roll, low roll, you put them on the spot because, like, you you want to keep that like um, image as you know the die is the arbiter, but 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 you know he. he you don't need to roll if you're trying to do something simple and you net one, like walking up a staircase from absolutely no reason or something like that.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. Again, like it's one thing to say do I need to make an ability check for this? Ver- or do I need to make a skill check versus, you know, I roll a persuasion check three. Fuck. You You didn't need to roll. This person is, has been an NPC that you guys have yeah, talked like to he's before. A good You're friend. already friends. You don't need to persuade them. <laughs> like he, he was going to do
2: it without you asking.
3: Yeah. You just need to ask the yeah, favor. You like, don't need to make a roll. He would have been
2: like, yo, that's cool. I got you, man. But now he's like, Oh, you insulted my
3: family. (laughs) I
2: know we're close
3: friends. Okay, hold on, Nathan. That is honestly another thing worth addressing. There are situations, as we also have talked about in the past, in roleplay versus role play, that it really can just be a DM discretion of when you want to actually have the role matter more than the action that is done. But anyway, listen to that episode for more on that. We already talked about it. On to acrobatics. Acrobatics check covers your attempt to stay on your feet in a tricky situation, such as when you're trying to run across a sheet of ice, balance on a tightrope, or stay upright on a rocking ship's deck. The GM might also call for an acrobatics check to see if you can perform acrobatic stunts, including dives, rolls, somersaults, and flips. So it is a very, very frequent question of should something be an athletics check or an acrobatics check? So Nathan, can you tell me what the distinctiveness between the two is?
2: An acrobatics is uh trying to swing around and athletics is trying to climb a staircase
3: or run faster than walking speed <sighs> All right, let me put it in more game mechanical terms. The important distinction to understand. Athletics is if you're doing something strength-based. Acrobatics is if you're doing something dexterity-based. It's right there in the relevant ability score to see where the distinction lies. If you're trying to, you know, look really cool as you, you know, somersault away instead of just, you know, taking a step, then that's an acrobatics check. If you're trying to leap from the ship you're on to the pirate ship that, you know, is attempting to attack you, you're jumping. So that's athletics so physical, you know, exertion, you know, strength versus dexterity. It really is that simple, and yet those two probably get mixed more than almost any others. Well, there's a few others, but we'll get to that later.
2: I I, I guess, like, normally the way I would put it is if you can argue a case for it and the dungeon master accepts it, I mean, that's good enough.
3: That's true. All right. Anyways, sleight of hand, whenever you attempt an act of legerdemain or manual trickery, such as planting something on someone else or concealing an object on your person, make a sleight of hand check. The GM might also call for a sleight of hand check to determine whether you can lift a coin purse off another person or slip something out of another person's pocket. So that's your thievery skill for all intents and purposes. But technically, the fact that it is able to be used for any type of, you know, sleight of hand, hence the name, does make it a little bit more flexible than in the days past when it used to just be called Thievery. So I actually do like the name change for that particular one. But yeah, anytime that you're trying to take something or hide something... That would be a sleight of hand check. Uh, I have also seen it used. all oh, this is a little bit more fuzzy technically, but some people do that when trying to figure out like what would be the, you know, trying to escape from getting tied up. You know, what kind of check would that be? Like, let's say, you know, someone has tied you up with rope, like sleight of hand would be an appropriate one because you're trying to slip out or untie the ropes that are binding you. So I have seen it used for that. And that makes sense to me. Uh, Actually, that also reminds me another important tangent. There are 18 skills that covers most things that are attempted in game. It is not perfect. It's impossible to be perfect because humans have more than 18 things that they can try and do. So anytime that someone does require a role to be made. There are a couple of different ways to handle it. The first one, of course, is to see if there is a relevant skill to be rolled. And if there is, fantastic, you roll it. If there's something that is, you know, kind of, sort of, if you squint appropriate, you might still allow them to do that roll because it is close enough. But there are going to be times where something isn't a direct one-to-one to the thing that you're trying to do. And usually what is done in that situation is to make a flat ability score check where you aren't using the skill, but you're just making, let's say, an intelligence check. So let's say that like you have a character with a 19 intelligence, like let's say they've got a headband of intellect, but and your characters are in a room with a puzzle. But the thing is, your player does not have 19 intelligence unless you are some like Nobel Prize winning physicist. Like, 19 intelligence is crazy, crazy smart, and most players are just not that. So you might allow them, then, to roll an intelligence check in that situation to let the character figure out the situation that the player is unable to do. So that is a totally fine and rules-as-written thing to do for certain situations. Uh, Anyway, back to the actual skills themselves, though. Stealth! Make a stealth check when you attempt to conceal yourself from enemies, slink past guards, slip away without being noticed, or sneak up on someone without being seen or heard. I like the word slink, that's one that should get used more. Arcana. Your arcana check measures your ability to recall lore about spells, magic items, Eldritch symbols, magical traditions, the planes of existence, and the inhabitants of those planes. Arcana is another one that actually gets misused a lot, because a lot of people will have an arcana check done when someone is trying to do something with magic. But technically speaking, the arcana skill in actuality is really about the lore of such things about magical knowledge specifically. But honestly, I'm kind of okay with the misuse because there isn't really like a magic check. But Nathan, can you see what a problem is with people who do use Arcana as a use magic skill? Um, A use magic skill? Like if you're trying to do something that isn't a normal use of your spells, I've seen DMs that are like, "Okay, roll an Arcana check to see if you can make so it." So like
2: uh, some special uh, thing with your spells, or just tweak. I I, I can't see anything wrong with that. What, what what's
3: wrong? It's an intelligence based skill. Oh what about shit! It depends. Clerics, on, it depends mards, on your class, warlocks, right, right? Sorcerers. Ah every other spellcaster but wizard is not intelligence but be- well i mean there we it's can not intelligence I mean, based. then you
2: can use the thing i talked about way too early in this episode yes <laughs> where you change the base stat of the um ability check wait
3: ability skill skill yes skill skill yes yeah of the skill yeah. you know what fuck it you can't not bring it up so let fine All right. It is possible to roll skills using other ability checks. This is a rules as written thing, and it even gets a lot more mention in Xanathar's Guide to Everything. So the way that it works, basically, you have the normal use of skill and this ability, but it is possible to just use a different ability score with your skill for the thing that you're trying to do. So as an example. Um, I'll skip ahead a little bit skill wise because it's just the one that comes to mind. Intimidation, you're trying to scare someone, but I'll read the proper one in a bit. Intimidation is charisma based because you're trying to be, you know, verbally threatening, but that's verbal. What if you're trying to scare someone by just glaring at them and just like bending a metal pipe into a pretzel? that would be intimidation strength to create that effect but you're not using words you're using a physical action so then you would roll that with your strength score and then you know if you are proficient with your proficiency bonus or you're also your uh yeah if you're proficient we are talking about that soon too So yeah, that kind of thing. Or like, let's say that, you know, let's say you do use Arcana as the magic use skill as well. Then, okay, you can just say that, yeah, you use intelligence for the knowledgey bits, but then you would use your spellcasting modifier for any of like the actual magic use. So let's say you are a bard, then that would then be your charisma as well as your proficiency instead of your intelligence. Anyway, onto the list. History measures your ability to recall lore about historical events, legendary people, ancient kingdoms, past disputes, recent wars, and lost civilizations. Honestly, quick tangent though, but history, I would say, is one of the skills that actually comes up in use. It is up there for the most. Perception is probably number one, which uh, of course we'll get to, but History, I think, might well be the second most common, because that is almost the default of does your character know this thing or know about this area? Roll a history check. And yet, for some reason, it seems relatively rare that people actually do choose proficiency in history to know things. But
0: yeah, just history good.
3: Anyway, on to investigation. When you look around for clues and make deductions based on those clues, you make an investigation check. You might deduce the location of a hidden object, discern from the appearance of a wound what kind of weapon dealt it, or determine the weakest point in a tunnel that could cause it to collapse. Pouring through ancient scrolls in search of a hidden fragment of knowledge might also call for an investigation check. This is one of the least utilized skills in the game. It is incredibly uncommon just for DMs to call for it, players to ask about it. It is misused often for a perception check to be called for when it theoretically ought to be an investigation. So anytime that you're doing deductions or trying to figure out a thing, that is supposed to be an investigation check. Nature measures your ability to recall lore about terrain, plants and animals, the weather and natural cycles. This is another one that actually, I don't know, this is kind of more in the middle ground of how often this one comes up, but it should come up more because a lot of the time, like if you're trying to identify a creature, for example, that is a check about an animal. So that should be a nature check. And yet again, a lot of the time that is kind of rolled into history or rolled into, you know, animal handling, which is a different thing. So history is for just lore about events and places and people, while nature is for plants and animals, terrain, weather and natural cycles. And that would take us on to religion, which measures your ability to recall lore about deities, rites and prayers, religious hierarchies, holy symbols, and the practices of secret cults. So what is important to mention, all of these down this section of the list are intelligence based skills. So religion, even though, you know, clerics and even druids are wisdom based in terms of their abilities. It is a incredibly frequent complaint in fifth edition that religion is a nature check or that words that religion is an intelligence check. But if you do consider the fact that, okay, the reason it's intelligence check is because it is knowledge and lore related about holy things. You're not rolling a religion check to pray. That's just not how that works. So with that in mind, it does indeed make sense for religion to be an intelligence check. But like we did talk about a little bit earlier, if you do want to make like for some reason, if you want to make a prayer check, then sure. Like we talked about using a different ability score, you could make a wisdom religion check if such was appropriate and asked for, you know, by your DM. So speaking of wisdom, now we'll move on to the wisdom based skills, starting with animal handling. When there's any question whether you can calm down a domesticated animal, keep a mount from getting spooked, or intuit an animal's intentions, the GM might call for an animal handling check. You also make an animal handling check to control your mount when you attempt a risky maneuver. This one might well be the least utilized skill in the game. Yeah, mounted combat happens. Yeah, you know, horses pulling a carriage might get spooked. Or, yeah, every once in a blue moon, you'll have that character that wants to try taming every damn animal they come across. But overall, that one really just does not come up quite as often in the day to days of D&D. On the other hand, we now come to one of the more common ones again. Insight. Insight Check determines whether you can determine the true intentions of a creature, such as when searching out a lie or predicting someone's next move. Doing so involves gleaning clues from body language, speech habits, and changes in mannerisms. So this is one that I am very fond of, because just I, Remy, have a horrible insight in real life, and it's just one of those that I wish that I were better at. But one thing that is very important to keep in mind regarding insight, this is your attempt to read someone, you know, to figure out if someone's lying or holding something back. It's not a magical ability. Skills are not magic. Just because you roll a 20 and have expertise in insight, so you get like a 30 as your final result, that doesn't mean you magically know someone's entire life story by reading their mind. It doesn't automatically make things happen. Also, there are going to be times where You know, you roll a really good insight check, but the other person just isn't hiding anything. So it's a very commonly overly rolled skill. So only ask to roll something or roll if your DM tells you to. Like, this is one of the ones that I personally just see commonly of just like, I'm sus of this guy. I roll an insight check. Just just wait for your DM to ask. Okay. anyway. Medicine. Medicine check lets you try to stabilize a dying companion or diagnose an illness. Nathan, have you ever actually rolled a medicine check or seen one rolled? Maybe once to stabilize someone when there was no healers. Yeah, so that's another one that seems like it ought to be very important and common, but really doesn't seem to come up much, but honestly is really important in that very narrow set of circumstances. So now we move on to perception, the most commonly used skill in the game, at least in my admittedly biased uh, opinion. Perception checks lets you spot, hear, or otherwise detect the presence of something. It measures your general awareness of your surroundings and the keenness of your senses. For example, you might try to hear a conversation through a closed door eavesdrop under an open window, or hear monsters moving stealthily in the forest. Or you might try to spot things that are obscured or easy to miss, whether they're orcs lying in ambush on a road, thugs hiding in the shadows of an alley, or candlelight under a closed secret door. So yeah, do I notice the dangerous thing? in a D&D world where dangerous shit is everywhere there is good reason for characters to constantly ask to roll perception checks but this is one where honestly i advise remembering the rules of stealth if you have a monster trying to stealth it is the passive perception that their stealth roll is to be compared against use passive perception more which is just your perception bonus Plus ten, and it basically acts as a DC for stealth-related encounters. You can listen to our episode on the subject for more information. Survival. Check to follow tracks, hunt wild game, guide your group through frozen wastelands, identify signs that owlbears live nearby, predict the weather, or avoid quicksand and other natural hazards. This is one of the most commonly confused... Skills in the game. It is a very blurred line between nature and survival. The important distinction a nature check is an intelligence based check for knowledge of natural things, survival is a wisdom based skill for an actual action that is being taken so if you're trying to track you're trying to predict avoid note the verbs there so survival is an action while nature is knowledge and now we move on to the charisma skills starting with good old deception Determine whether you can convincingly hide the truth, either verbally or through your actions. This deception can encompass everything from misleading others through ambiguity to telling outright lies. Typical situations include trying to fast-talk a guard, con a merchant, earn money through gambling, pass yourself off in a disguise, dull someone's suspicions with false assurances, or maintain a straight face while telling a blatant lie. So there are some very important distinctions here. It is often confusing to some people where the line is between deception and persuasion. So the important thing, deception is not just outright lie. It specifically says here misleading through ambiguity also counts as deception next up intimidation when you attempt to influence someone through overt threats hostile actions and physical violence the gm might ask you to make an intimidation check examples include trying to pry information out of a prisoner convincing street thugs to back down from a confrontation or using the edge of a broken bottle to convince a sneering vizier to reconsider a decision so intimidation is another frequently complained about skill In that a lot of the people who want to use intimidation are like the big muscly types, you know, fighters, barbarians, and a lot of them like get training in intimidation a lot of the time wanting to use it. But because it is a charisma based skill, they're often not actually as good numerically at that. Nathan, can you think of a way to help resolve that dilemma?
2: Well, there is always changing out where it comes from, using strength instead of uh, charisma.
3: Exactly like this is a prime opportunity for players to use the whole other skill or sorry, other ability score with the skill. So having instead of a charisma intimidation check to have a strength intimidation check. So this is the situation where, like, you glare at someone and you pick up a rock and crush it to dust in your hand. Or, you know, you pick up an iron bar and just, like, bend it in half. Or you pick up a defeated enemy's you know, sword and just snap it in your hands. Like, there are a lot of physical options for intimidation. I I thought you
2: were going to say pick up a defeated enemy's body and snap it in your hands.
3: I mean, you don't need to intimidate (laughs) them if they're dead. So no. Bad Nathan. (laughs) But anyway, like, that is something that ought to come up a lot more. So please, like, do that. Especially, like, that one is so much improved by giving your players that flexibility and also if you do have a bard with intimidation of course then they use their words for the sake of threats but making a skill suited to the character suited to the situation like i I, there are few examples easier to point that out than with intimidation anyway on to performance Your performance check determines how well you can delight an audience with music, dance, acting, storytelling, or some other form of entertainment. Um, Yeah, that's actually a relatively simple one. It's one that I personally find to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm just going to anyway. A lot of DMs choose to use performance for bedroom activities, but your mileage may vary. And finally, the last skill on the list, Persuasion. When you attempt to influence someone or a group of people with tact, social graces, or good nature, the GM might ask you to make a persuasion check. Typically, you use persuasion when acting in good faith, to foster friendships, make cordial requests, or exhibit proper etiquette. Examples of persuading others include convincing a chamberlain to let your party see the king, negotiating peace between warring tribes, or inspiring a crowd of townsfolk. So yeah, anytime that you're trying to persuade a person or a group to do a thing, you roll a persuasion check. Another of the most commonly used skills and for damn good reason. Now, before we wrap up, there is a little bit more that I want to touch on. So one very important rule that a lot of people do not know how to deal with. Nathan, there are a lot of ways to get Skill proficiencies, but what happens like if something does overlap? Like, let's say your background and your class both give you the intimidation skill. What happens? Uh,
2: nothing does. And what you can do as a DM is that you can give your players an option, uh, depending on your personal DM style, to pick something else uh, instead of the given one. That picks so the thing
3: you are completely right and wrong in a very interesting way honestly the thing is you're (laughs) completely wrong in that nothing happens the thing is what you described Uh. is the rule oh and this is one a lot of dms just miss because it is just a little line on page 126 of the player's handbook if a character would gain the same proficiency from two different sources he or she can choose a different proficiency of the same kind skill or tool instead so the rule is if you do like get like let's just say you know an elf gets the perception skill for free because elf and so if they also have perception from their background then yeah they're having it twice and that's not great however this is something that create some opportunity for a little bit of cheese, which I enjoy, because it is entirely possible to do this on purpose, like to purposely pick, like, let's just say intimidation from, you know, a background as well as your class, for example, because you can pick any other proficiency with a skill or tool. So normally, this is a fantastic way and arguably the only way without, you know, DM making allowances. Like if you want to have a skill that is not normally available to your character, this is how you can do that by rules as written. So like if you really want to like have a fighter who's trained in, I don't know, stealth, let's say. And honestly, I don't even remember if stealth is actually on the skill list but let's just pretend it isn't for the sake of argument for this like you could use this to like give a skill that is not normally available to a character and i really appreciate that just from the sake of like character originality to make like the character that you want to have with the skills that you want them to have so this even works in DD beyond interestingly enough so if you do have two sources of the same skill it will actually give you a pop-up like skill has been untrained choose another skill and it'll let you just pick another skill so i really suggest just taking advantage of that when doing character building or if you do just gain double skill somehow but again it does not stack proficiency it doesn't give you expertise but you do have the option to pick another skill any other skill (sighs) in summary Skills are a massive part of Dungeons & Dragons, of all editions, not just 5th, and proper understanding of when and how to use each skill can help players and dungeon masters make a more smooth and fun game. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Riftwake Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com.
2: And that's it for today.
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.